Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Nerd Switch Podcast. My name is Dylan, and today I'll probably be regretting some of my life choices. Joining me today, my good friend and fellow weeb, Jeremiah. Excuse me, I am not a weeb. I don't have a body pillow. Or posters. That I know of. It's not there, but hello everyone. (laughs) Also joining us today, a special guest, my wonderful fiancé, Brianna. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Glad to have you here today for the wonderful topic we'll be diving into. So with this episode, we are going to be diving into what is becoming a pretty popular thing culture-wise, even here in the United States, and it is Amine, the animes. Animes. The animations. (laughs) The Japanese Um, animations. So yeah, we'll just be doing a sort of general deep dive into anime, considering like anime in general, what we like about anime, the shows we've seen, all that good stuff. So if you look up the general definition of anime, you'll see that it's hand-drawn, computer-generated animation originating from Japan. Most anime is based on manga, which within Japan is basically the equivalent to, you know, comic books within the United States. Um, personally, I've not read any manga. I'm sure you guys maybe have a little more experience with that. I've honestly only done like a few things, um, and it's only been like small images here and there, um, stuff that comes out. Like One Piece does their manga releases, and they'll do small snippets of it and show images of pages of a manga for it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of animes that don't originate from any sort of manga. It just seems like the majority of them are inspired by, based upon, or are just adaptations. Some of them are based off of games. Like Dignarampa, that one's a good one. Right. So yeah, despite anime originating and being massively popular in Japan, it's also grown a pretty large presence here in the United States, with anime being one of the most popular forms of animated TV and movie viewing for consumers here. So yeah, with that said, and without further ado, let's go ahead and flip the switch and talk about some anime. Intro music. (laughs) (laughs) So before we start talking about our favorite shows, I just kind of, I did some research prior to this that I want to talk about that might be good for those of you who have no experience with anime or maybe a little curious on how it kind of found its footing here in the United States. Um, So if you look way back before our time with some of the original cartoons within the United States, it was... Shows like the Flintstones and the Jetsons were pretty popular cartoon viewing here for us. But the structure of cartoons in the United States has never really been complex or story-based. Traditionally, cartoons, uh, each episode is kind of its own contained contained story, where you'll have an issue presented in the episode that's typically resolved by the end, so that then they can move on to their next, like, gag or topic they want to cover in the next episode. Where traditional anime kind of differs is anime is more story-structured. You know, it's episodic to the point where one episode will continue into the next to form an arc and an overall story. So just something that the United States viewership for, you know, animated viewing wasn't really used to. So some of the earliest anime that did make its way over to the United States was a, a little 
probably lesser known show called Astro Boy, as well as um, Speed Racer, two of the earliest examples of shows that made their way over. If I remember, I don't know too much on Astro Boy, but the, uh, the guy who ultimately brought it over to the United States had seen it and saw how well it did in Japan and he wanted to bring it to a Western audience. But this is where you see some of the early faults of anime, 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 <laughs> <laughs> with, with general westernization. Um, originally, when shows were brought to the United States, they were heavily edited and changed for their Western audiences. Um, so you might not see even the same story or same characters. Some things were heavily shifted just due to the cultural differences at the time. People bringing these to the U.S. didn't really expect it to take off in the way that it's formatted in Japan, so changes were made to kind of adjust that in the early days of anime being brought over. But this initially was really well received into the, into the United States, and it led to more anime being adapted over to the U.S. with television and some early movies as well. This led to some of the initial shows, like I said, with Speed Racer and... Astro Boy, as yeah. well as some early animated movies with Akira and Ghost of the Shell, and then eventually movies from, you know, Studio Ghibli, which has grown to be a pretty household name. So much of the early anime industry in the United States was fan-driven. So after the success of those early, you know, ports to the United States, anime very much became driven by the fans, where you had people who were bringing more shows over that weren't just coming through official studios. This was people making their own ports essentially available online with like fan dubbing, uh, basically where they would create the subtitle translations from the Japanese language for the show. And this kind of led to how anime became more popularized in the United States with less of that westernization that people now kind of look back on not so fondly. So yeah, I just thought it was cool that fans kind of went out of their way to make more unedited versions of the anime they liked available for people in the United States. And this essentially led to the first big boom or popularization of anime through Cartoon Network, who launched their own sort of side viewing experience, they, they, they I guess. Because like, Cartoon Network then created a sub-Cartoon Network for a late night showing. Well, they had... So they had Toonami, yeah. which was what popularized shows like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and Sailor Moon. But then they also had their nighttime programming, like you mentioned, with Adult Swim, which popularized shows like uh, Inuyasha, Bleach. One Piece. Yeah, some of the more mature shows, which anime typically is more geared towards teenagers up to young adults and adults. Not so much for child viewership, unlike cartoons that we had here in the United States. That's okay. That's what they're there for. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Dragon or Dragon Ball, <laughs> Cartoon Network should get a lot of the credit for kind of kicking off anime. I, even me as a kid, I remember watching Dragon Ball Z a lot, which was my definite childhood anime growing up. Tudami did a lot in its time. They did a lot of great messages, and then producing like all of these shows to have everybody kind of experience them was great. Right. I really enjoyed getting to grow up with those. Yeah, and the one thing. Because they're still, even at that time, with Cartoon Network bringing more to American audiences and kind of popularizing it. At the same time, there was still a lot of anime that wasn't available for viewership in the U.S. And this is what led to a big span of time where there was a lot of piracy, where people were making anime available through websites. Illegally, I guess, you know, just making them 
available where people wouldn't ordinarily be able to see them because outside of Toonami and Adult Swim, there wasn't really a platform for it at the time. But this changed in a pretty big way in 2010 when Crunchyroll was first introduced, the first uh, streaming service for anime. And this is where anime really kind of found its footing and took off to be what it is now for us in the United it States. definitely started there, but it's grown so much since yeah. then. Where now we have not only like Crunchyroll and Verve, which are strictly more for anime, we're we also seeing... Funimation. Net- yeah. And even on Hulu. Like Hulu, Hulu yeah, and Netflix. Our, yeah, Hulu, Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is even doing their own like adaptations to anime. Where they're doing they, originals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make the anime themselves. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that just kind of saw how popular it was getting, even for a foreign audience, to the point now where it's fairly mainstream for a lot of people. But that pretty much covers how anime made its way over here and how it got as popular as it did. It's very much thanks to the fans for kind of pushing for it to be more mainstream. And, you know, like I mentioned, a lot of credit to Cartoon Network for making it available for us young fellas. So let's kind of shift gears and actually talk about the anime that we love as viewers. Me, myself, I'm more of a casual anime fan. I did a count and I think I've seen 14 different shows. And that's including the more mainstream childhood ones as well, like Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, shows like that, that a lot of people don't even kind of realize are animes. See, I didn't even know Pokemon was an anime until like way later growing up. Mm-hmm. But yet... I still only count it as, like, my cartoon list. Yeah. Because my animes that I've watched are the ones that actually could be watched, dubbed, or subbed. Pokemon was always just in English. You would have had to look it up to find it in Japanese. Right, because when I think of uh, what was my first anime, I don't think Pokemon. Yeah, I don't think Pokemon, you know. (laughs) Or Digimon, or... Yeah, I don't think those. I think of all these other animes that I've watched. Like, my first one was Soul Eater. And super good anime. It was my friend who put me onto it. And that's where I kind of, like, got that. That's where I got hooked onto it. What about you, Brianna? What was your first experience with anime? My first experience is I was in middle school, holed up in the computer room, embarrassed to watch Black Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Scared my mom would catch me. (laughs) I have not seen that one. I've seen the first season, maybe two seasons of it. I don't remember it because it was so long ago now. <laughs> Me neither. I only remember the first one, but I have watched it. <laughs> I, I know. I thought it was weird, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we if we don't technically consider shows like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! to be anime, my first, like, authentic... I won't even really count Dragon Ball Z because that was also more of a cartoon when it came through yeah. Cartoon Network and Toonami. Um, I guess my first, like, authentic anime experience would probably be one called Shuffle. It's just, like, one of the, you know, very sexualized animes. Yeah. <laughs> I, Is there, do I, I mean, say? I no, 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 no. <laughs> it's I just, don't really even consider it that sexualized, because, I mean, like, it's meant to be even more wholesome. Like, it's... It's kind of like a rom-com, in my opinion. Well, yeah, like the story's fine. The main character is a male, and then you have a bunch of females that are all liking this man. Because he's a kind, <laughs> genuine person. <laughs> Think of it that way. That he just is having a difficult time deciding on who he wants to fall in love with. Yeah, it's totally realistic expectations. Yeah, right? For- <laughs> 
Who said anything about realistic? Shit? <laughs> <laughs> I said rom com. <laughs> yeah, but just from there, you know, for me, anime's always just kind of been a one off thing. Like one old pop up that I'm curious in. Um, I think another one that a more early anime I watched was Death Note. Uh, just one that was recommended to me that I watched and ended up really liking. But see, I watched that too young because yeah. at at the time I couldn't really grasp everything that was going on. I couldn't notice all the details. And as a kid, I just watched it. I was like, "This is cool," you know. I liked the suspense that it had. It was a good mystery, and he was getting away, you know. Yeah. But at the time, like it was that low level expectation for me, so it made mm -hmm. it super high. But now everything that I've seen, I just don't think I could rewatch it again and have that same expectation. I was pretty blown away by it when I initially watched it because, you know, I was probably still in that mindset where if I'm watching something animated, I'm not expecting the storytelling to be very deep or dark. But mm -hmm. Death Note kind of shattered that expectation for me and showed me kind of what I love about anime is how it can get really deep with its storytelling and give you darker themes. Yeah, because they actually have a story. All anime is just this large story being told, mm. whereas the regular U.S. cartoons, as you've put it, it's everything can be solved in that first, in one episode. Right. You'll have a problem, it's solved, and then the next episode is another problem and it's solved. See, I think that's why people love Death Note so much. is because they're going against each other without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. But they become best friends. <laughs> they're buddies, you know? Right. <laughs> but then it comes becomes downhill. Yeah, like Death Note was, was a top tier. Like, as a kid, I probably would have thought it even better if I had watched it later. Mm. But now it's hard to go back to it with everything that I've seen. Yeah, I've already hard. seen it, so it's kind of that slow build-up. And it brings up an interesting point, too, because um, there's a lot of shows that did come from the U.S. that were kind of heavily inspired by anime after seeing that sort of structure that they have. One that I want to point out is Avatar. Yes. Fantastic one. one. Yeah, that one was very much for younger audiences, but it had a story that I think rivals a lot of even of the larger, like, episodic yeah. tv series we've seen as far as storytelling goes they did super well with it they gave out this massive story tons of lore for their world mm -hmm. they built this great thing for kids to enjoy and people still enjoy it even to their adult lives and they are continuing it <laughs> hopefully in a good way this time see that's what's fun it's like you grew up with them mm -hmm. that's so great yeah and I feel like a lot of stuff that you grow up with, you look back and maybe don't like it as much when you're a little older, but I think Avatar holds up pretty well. That's one I still think has one of the best, like, finales to a TV show that I've ever seen. I, like, it's so crazy to me because, like, I can remember the start of it when it was coming out. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a movie at first because I saw it on, like, Nickelodeon as a trailer. I'm like, oh, I want to go see that. And I, like, I was being told, it's like, no, it's a series. And I was like, wow, really? That's going to be crazy. And then I get to watch throughout the years with my family that we watched it growing up. And we get to see that finale. And it was such a crazy experience. Right. And that is something where you like look back on you're like, wow, I watched all of this. It's something that was amazing for my time period. The jokes in it were hilarious. Story mm. was great. And just something you never really got from you know, our side of TV yeah. at the time. I don't think a, 
animated show like that has ever been that, you know, deep and complex for a children's show. So, yeah, it's one I definitely look back fondly of, and I think you have to give anime credit for inspiring that show because it's very much set up the same, even to its animation style, has a lot of the same kind of Same factors. style of, like, animation, actors. You did good. Right. I was happy with it. <laughs> um, yeah, so outside of talking about our introductions to anime... I want to pose the question, you know, why do we watch anime? For you guys, what is the reason that kind of kept you there after that initial viewing? For the waifus. (laughs) (laughs) Brianna's a weeb. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know if it was just kind of like what was popular at the time. I knew a lot of people that were into it. Um, For me, like I had a best friend who first tried to get me to watch anime. And this was before my first anime of Soul Eater. Mm. My first official like try was Attack on Titan when its first season came out in subbed. Mm. At the time, I didn't like subbed. I didn't like reading in general, so I was super slow at it, reading subtitles. I would miss every word. Yeah. And then um, I wasn't into like an- the anime at the time. Like I wasn't into Attack on Titan or watching any of it. I just watched my casual weird cartoons at home. I still watched like Avatar and then Pokemon I had grew up with. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't reached anime at that time. It wasn't until my friend introduced me to Soul Eater and we started watching it at their place. We were watching it like a few episodes and I got hooked. I was like, I want to keep watching this. So I looked it up and I was able to keep watching. I watched the whole thing. I got drawn into that story, that world. And then a bunch of my friends recommended me all these different animes. I was like, okay, I'll check them out. And I started going down that list. And I feel like it's just, I fell down the rabbit hole. How old were you? Um, Soul <coughs> Eater, I was around 14? 14 yeah. or 15? A- Attack on Titan came out in 2013. Yeah, because it was, oh. it was <laughs> my sophomore year. Because then it was my friend that was a freshman who had us watch it. Okay. What about you, Brianna? What uh, what do you think keeps you going as far as watching? Other than the waifus. (laughs) Other than the waifus. Other than the waifus. (laughs) I honestly, I think it's the characters. You know, you could watch, like, let's say we were to watch a movie that was also an anime but live action. I'd much rather watch the anime. Because, like, I feel like the characters are more dramatic. Mm. Makes it more entertaining. And it's pretty. You know, pretty colors. Whatever. I just like the environment, the vibrancy of the whole character development. And that art style yeah. and everything. Yeah, kind of like in our last episode when we were talking about horror within video games and why we like those stories. You can say the same thing with anime where you're getting a whole series to kind of grow along with these characters and get attached to them. So I agree with you on that aspect. The characters become a lot more likable You know, the more time the show lets you spend with them. And there are some animes that run very long, like hundreds and hundreds of episodes, which I've longest Those one, are the best episodes. Those are the uh, best. I mean, come on. Who's got time for that? The longest one I've seen is Dragon Ball Z, and I don't know if I could watch another one quite that long. But. You should give it a try. It's called One Piece. It's uh, It starts, you know, kind of old style, but it builds up. Never ends. <laughs> just keeps going. He's working on the ending. <laughs> he 
he's like putting everything together. It's looking great. Another long show you should watch is Bleach. Yes, Bleach is I agree. super good. <laughs> one thing with Bleach too is people like they. I guess one small thing into the dark side of anime is that there's called filler. Oh yeah. <laughs> filler is just the horror. <laughs> it's just this kind of like you have like your main story. And then they're going to throw in a few side episodes that have nothing to do with what you were just watching. Right. And I, I will admit Dragon Ball Z is one of the shows guilty of this. You get a lot of episodes that don't <gasps> drive the main plot forward. It's more just like side <laughs> expeditions. But One Piece, you know, shows like One Piece, Naruto are pretty well known for having filler. I'm going to disagree with you there in the fact that One Piece's filler is small compared <laughs> to things like Naruto and Bleach. Naruto does have a lot. But I love them. They're One fun. Piece will maybe throw in like a filler after the arc is ending though. And it's kind of still canon to the story. They are progressing to the next island and this is what happens along the way. But then it's this it's this small enemy they have to face. Whereas they just fought a massive enemy. Someone super strong. And put them up a fight. Put them on the brink of losing. But then this, then they win, they go to the next island where they have to face their next big challenge, and it's a small challenge along the way. There are very few episodes, I'd say, that are full filler, where it's like it has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. Naruto, on the other hand, had so much filler, I had to skip. <laughs> I had to actually Google, what can I skip, and what does I need to, what do I need to actually watch? And there's a massive list. <laughs> there is a big list, but some of them are actually quite fun. I do enjoy, especially the ones with Jiraiya. Those yeah. are my favorite. Jiraiya I love watching those. Yeah. <laughs> At least Dragon Ball Z gave us Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is just Dragon Ball Z minus the filler episodes. That's cool. That is actually really cool. You know what's better than Dragon Ball Z, though? Naruto. Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do love me some Dragon Ball Z Abridged. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, as far as what kind of keeps me watching anime, just like I mentioned with Death Note, I love the storytelling. I love kind of how complex and thought-provoking some of these shows can be. Um, as well as just being willing to be a darker show, you know, to give you moral situations that would be more difficult to consume as a younger viewer. I love that there's just so much, like, to bring with anime, too. Like you said, there can be darker, where it can be more serious, mm -hmm. and, like, life at stake here throughout the show, and you're, like, on the edge of your seat to being, like, thrilled. And then they have the humor or comedy sides. They have Slice of Life, which is like a good regular experience. You get to see someone else experiencing their life. Yeah. You can definitely get the experience you want to get as a viewer from anime. There's a lot that they have on offer, which we'll, we'll dive into a little bit when we talk about the things I don't love so much about anime. Because, you know, with so much content being available, yep. it's inevitable that some <laughs> of it's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. I will agree with that. But yeah, outside of storytelling, I do really love some of the animation style. I have a huge appreciation for how they're able to, you know, get this essentially hand-drawn stuff for the majority of anime and just make it look so beautiful. So well done. The artists are just fantastic. And then it's not just like even in the, the picture, it's also the sound they use. Mm -hmm. They have like incredible sound effects for the shows. 
putting it all together and it just comes out wonderful. It's just generally more appealing. Yeah. I'd much rather watch that. So with that kind of out of the way, let's uh, talk about some of the shows that we like. Like I already mentioned Death Note, which is in my personal top five. But what's uh, you mentioned One Piece? What's another example of a show you really like? So another like example for one of my like all time favorite shows was Erased. Erased was one of my really favorite ones, similar to, like, the idea of, like, a mystery, uh, a murder mystery. Super good. Basically, you have your main character, he's 29 years old, he's working a dead-end job, trying to do, uh, trying to, like, make manga in Japan, and he's doing his best that he can. But he has a unique ability that lets him... Like, he could be going throughout his day, and then all of a sudden, he time-traveled ten minutes behind him. And something in that ten minutes is going to go wrong, and he uses this ability to actually save people. And the whole premise of the show is that he is then... His power kind of sends him back 18 years to when he was a kid, and he has to solve a crime back then to prevent his mother's death in the in his present. I've never seen that one, but it sounds interesting. I think you would actually really enjoy this one because it's, it's again, it's murder mystery and it's a child trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. The way they kind of do the animation, the style for it, looks really good. Okay. What about you, my my dear lady weeb? Are we going up the list or down the list? Um, you can just pick one. Kind of pick list. one. My That was my <laughs> second, I guess. I'll go from the bottom. Because <laughs> I love, love, love Durarara. I love that one. Super good. It is so good. I love the story for it. All the characters, the... They're all so different and mm -hmm. they interact together. Just so it's also... It's so I, I love the idea of how they put it together because it's not... Um, it's kind of one of those, like, a person's narrating the story. Yeah, right. And... They do like a small group. A small group of episodes is one person's narration, and then they cut to another person's narration, right. and it's their side, their perspective. So the show just keeps changing in perspective. It's so good, and there's so many perspectives yeah. in this big city. It's just great. It was that. so good. Oh. <laughs> See, you're gonna start wanting to watch some of these new shows we missed off here. I don't know. I I'm pretty casual when it comes to watching. I've I just watch them kind of as they appeal to me. Yeah. Um, last one I watched was Demon Slayer, which isn't like in my top five, but it's one I quite like. Um, for me, if I had to pick one from my list, uh, Parasite the Maxim. I've got that on my list. <laughs> that one I, I quite like. Uh, so Parasite the Maxim, if you look up the plot summary from IMDb, it just says 17-year-old Shinichi Izumi is... Partially infected by a parasite, monsters that butcher and consume humans, he must learn to coexist with the creature if he is to survive both the life of a parasite and a human as part monster, part person. So I do like the show for its kind of duality where you have these monsters that are essentially there to just, like, kill people and consume people. They're, they're learning their own, like, reason for being there. They come to the planet just as these, like, little pollen spores. Mm -hmm. And they, they hatch. They have, like, an instinct to take over a body and to 
all they're just solid instinct. Their instinct is to learn, to grow, and expand, mm-hmm. and see what they are. Right, and you see early in the show, like when the parasite actually infects the host, they're meant to have full control. But what happens with our main character in this show is the way the parasite merges, it doesn't get to take over his brain, which leads to him coexisting with the parasite. He just has a talking hand. Right, they call it Migi, which actually translates to right, like right hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just love how the show balances like him living his life while having this parasite attached to him, and he ends up becoming the hero of the show and actually using his abilities given to him from the parasite to fight and combat the other parasites that are just there to kind of wipe people out. They they do a lot for the show because it's very thought-provoking. and um, It's all kind of debating on how people are, how people act. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a darker side to make you really think about your perspective and how other people's perspectives are. Right. Yeah, you'll, you'll find a common theme on my list is I'm much more favorable to those kind of darker stories. I love just the way anime can kind of tell stories in that fashion. Um, but yeah, that's one I really like from my list. Let's uh, give you another one, Sir Jeremiah. So, we both had Parasite, which is great to talk about. My other one that I would love to talk about would definitely be Code Geass. That one's a good one. Code Geass, <laughs> and it's... Really good, in my opinion. Just, again, it's very thought-provoking. It's strategic. It's, um, it's in their perspective, they actually take it that it's like a game of chess. That you have your one side versus the other, and it's just all strategy-based. There's your powers. Your king has a power to be able to become a king. And he's fighting against people who either have similar powers or are unaware of the powers in general. And he's fighting, like, multiple battles all at once. And he's got to be very strategic with the way he uses his own power. Because he's still limited. And he has to put... um, He kind of starts to use people as pawns or as pieces. He is trying to get his agenda for a better world for his sister. And... It's just this, like, up and down, like, wins and losses that was really well done, in my opinion. That one's a pretty old one, though. Mm-hmm. That one I did start watching in high school. I never finished it, but I really liked it. I really it enjoyed it. Um, I also liked, because I was, like, super curious about it. I rewatched it, and they actually continued what they did by doing a few new movies, and they kind of changed what they did in the series. They altered something they did. Because they didn't like how they ended it this way. They wanted to change it. A lot of fans didn't like it. So I changed this. Make it different and try to put it through. And they did. And I liked how they changed it. And it actually ended it way better. Yeah, that's one thing I appreciate with anime. Anime. (laughs) Anime. (laughs) Anime is a lot of the fan interaction. Kind of how we mentioned anime initially was very driven by the fans. So it's cool to see an example where they would literally change a show's like story for the fans based on reception what's another one for you up your list so this one's my number one i flippin love this one number one one punch man Man. (laughs) i love one punch man it's so great it's essentially about this guy who's a superhero strongest of all strong superhero for fun yeah for fun you know just for for shits and giggles And is basically becoming bored of being the strongest superhero there is. Mm-hmm. Which I love seeing. There's an irony in that. I think it's hilarious. 
I like the comedy from it. I like the characters. I, it, this is one of those stories where it's like, this should have more detail, though, in my opinion. See, I think they want to add more detail I if think, they just add another season. Yeah, like, <laughs> they, they keep trying. Like, they've done season two, and they keep going. They just need to continue going. We need to keep seeing more, but then they need to stop... Um, droning things out like they're just kind of like stretching out a lot of stuff or they keep adding new characters well see that's what i like about uh them adding new characters is like you get a sense of like oh wait you know like the one girl with the telekinesis or whatever it's like now you think oh i want to see them fight now you know (laughs) that is true i do like that i like because they had like the superhero organization those are like the top heroes clearly there are people there with powers there's people that aren't human and I want to learn more about them. And they're kind of like slowly getting into it. Um, with season one, they had Saitama. He's kind of rising in that ranks. Yeah. And we see uh, Genos, how he got to S tier. And the A tier, that's number one, doesn't want to go to S tier. Because he says he's holding back. He wants to stay at A. I want to learn more about that. They give out these stories... But then they don't go and talk about it as much. And I feel like that's where they need to, like, if they're going to have a story, talk about this one first, and then continue on to doing other stories. Yeah, I think it's all setting up to do that, though. That's what I'm hoping. I've seen, like, because that's, again, like, I get my little snippets of manga comics where they'll, like, show a little bit or they'll talk about it. And that's what I'm seeing from even One Punch Man is we're seeing, like, some really cool stuff where we're going to see Saitama's, like, full power yeah. have to come out and that's exciting to see in a manga you're like oh i can't wait for this to be animated so i can see this and watch it dragon ball z is better <laughs> i disagree <laughs> i mean i don't disagree nor do i agree though because again they're just so different yeah no i've, I've never seen one punch man i'm Less, I have less affinity for like the comedy-driven anime, I guess, because for me it doesn't pack as much with the storytelling. Um, I can appreciate one One Punch Man for it is, but like if I have a ridiculously overpowered character, I just I want to care about them more. And for me, One Punch Man doesn't come across as a character I like. I think it's more about. about... <laughs> they just don't really give him an, again enough to build on. He's yeah. he's over, super powerful. He punches everything, and he's it's dead. That that's his like mo. That's freaking he, hilarious, it's, though. <laughs> it's funny. It's he like it's there, but again, we like when we're watching these dark animes or like some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. we're getting a full backstory. We're getting like ten episodes just for a backstory. Yeah. Well, I would have to say it's like I think the whole gist of it for me is like. I love seeing that he's doing all these things for the world, no recognition whatsoever. <laughs> that is true. And everyone's like, again, taking like all it's the. There. <laughs> See, yeah. and that's so funny to me. And you know, he just gives up. All you could think is, "Poor guy, yeah. <laughs> poor guy." <laughs> like he even wants to be popular and famous. Like he was like trying. Like I remember, he's like running around town trying to find crime, and people are ma- are like complaining about him, literally, because he was out there in such a scary face, in such a rush. And they're just like, okay, that man ran past this building, and it's kind of exploded. And, you know, it took literally everybody to try to take down in that second season that floating the worm in the sky. Yeah. Took him a second, bam. 
And I love the villain in yeah. season two. Oh, yeah, the he's villain my was favorite. Good. Yeah, he was really cool. I like where he's like coming from because he was like, it's kind of one of those things where he's a villain because the heroes aren't doing their job. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a he's trying to balance it out. There's too many heroes that are now just kind of doing whatever they want. And he wants to be the villain that's going to stop and put people in their place and be like, no, you need to be a hero to fight the villain, and that's it. Yeah, I think for me, with Saitama, the main character from One Punch Man, he's just not compelling, because like, what makes a compelling character to me is a character that has, you know, the character struggles, things that, more conflict, I guess. Cause conflict? Saitama, you see as someone who can basically win every fight he's presented with and for me it just makes him a little boring i get that they play it up for the comedy side but i like to see some struggle i don't want a character that just always wins this is why i hate ray in the new star wars i want a character that's set up to have struggle and struggle and have strife and yeah and overcome it you know to to rise above the chat like rise to the challenge not just be prepared for the challenge, every challenge available. Right, but at the same time, I will give the show credit for really playing into that aspect with his character, where that's what is kind of the gag of the show, is just, you know, he's overpowered, obviously, and it's what makes the show funny, it's just, for me, it's a little less interesting. Yeah, a season two does show some hints of being like, who's that guy, you know? <laughs> They're How you doing? There. They're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting there, yeah. That's why I'm excited to see the... Next upcoming, if there is an yeah. upcoming season. I hope they are. Yeah, to uh, another couple on my list, since I already kind of briefly talked about them, just uh, Death Note and Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, like I said, it's one that I grew up with. It's a anime that's had... Um, it's one that has, like, three different... Or three or four different series for it. Like, you have the original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, uh, Dragon Ball GT... And it's just a long-running show, and for me, it was Dragon Ball Z that I love and, you know, grew up with for the most part. Uh, just, it's a fun one. There's a lot of fighting. I think that's one I attribute to making me like a lot of the combat that we see within anime. And just, I love the villains from the show. I love the heroes. Uh, Goku, Vegeta. I love Vegeta particularly because he's like the anti-hero who has a lot of character development. <laughs> I love an anti-hero. <laughs> I'm a sucker for it. And then Death Note, like the first dark anime I watched, um, that's one I'm sure you both have seen as well, right? Yep. Yeah, I just, I love the storytelling on that one. You have your main character, Light Yagami, who basically stumbles across this notebook that if he writes a name in the book, he can essentially kill people and he can choose how they die. Um... Most of it, like, if he writes the name, they die by heart attack, and he can specify the time and everything. So it deals with the idea of giving an average person a god complex, and you see it take Light's character and very much alter him to where he starts out as your protagonist, but by the end, he's essentially the villain of the show. But you kind of want to root for the villain, because right. you love the character so much. <laughs> yep. And you sometimes you're like, okay, that guy deserved to die. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, and I just really like that one. Um, I think that's one of my favorite endings to an anime, which I won't spoil for those who maybe want to check it out, but it's very good, highly recommended. Do you like the ending? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. It's a I dark, hated it. It's a dark I ending. I hated it. I, I loved it. it. <laughs> I thought I very... 
I am going to spoil it. You know, it's been okay, how okay. many years since it's been out? <laughs> spoiler warning for those who haven't seen Death Note. <laughs> yeah, huge spoiler warning. Ever since Elle died, I think it was all downhill. I really thought that they rushed it. They're like, okay, well, we got the best character out of here. Let's get this show wrapped up. Like, it felt very rushed to me. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention. So, Light has a counterpart in the show who just goes by L. And he's essentially there to investigate the killings that Light is doing throughout the show. And they become entangled and, you know, there's this constant tension of, like, does L know who Light is or does he know that he's the one who has the notebook? And it's implied throughout that he has, like, strong suspicions, but it's very much a, a game of cat and mouse that, for storytelling, really works out for that show. But by the end or, like, midway through, L does get killed, you know, Light essentially wins that fight between them. Light wins. But by the very end, Light becomes... He just overextends, and as a result, Light does get shot down by the police. You know, he bit off more than he can chew, having a god complex, which I'm sure anyone in that situation would probably do. So I appreciated the ending for showing, like, even though he was so powerful and was clearly very intelligent... You know, if you get greedy like that, you're likely, the more you perform an action with bad intent, the more likely you are to face the consequences of it. So I like the ending. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's different from the manga. I've never read it, but... Me I'm sure it's a little different, but, you know, I don't mind it. <laughs> what's, uh, what's another one on your list, Jeremiah? Um, another good, like, small anime, um, by small, like, the basic, like, 12 or 13, mm -hmm. um, is Astra Lost in Space. I... I've never heard of that one. Is that Astro Boy? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is not. Astro Boy. <laughs> Astro Lost in Space is based in this, like, futuristic time period where we have space travel, you go to planets, and your characters are this, like, young group of teenagers... That um, they are all like getting ready for a trip. They're all going like on this like school uh, sent out trip where they are sent out to a other planet and they are to camp there and like experience this other planet's life. And it's supposed to be like a safe set up environment. They are betrayed, and then a black hole pulls them all in and te teleports them to a, a place out in space. They were all luckily wearing their spacesuits. That's kind of the whole point, is that they all had their suits on, turned, put their helmets back on, and are now just floating in space, and there happens to be a ship over there. The reason is, like, everything is all there for a reason. Um, they've get on this ship, and now they have to travel their way back to their home. And it's this, like, kind of journey back where they are learning what happened, who's betrayed them, and they learn something about them that they were not expecting and about their home. Huh. And it's, like, a super good story again. You have, a like, a bunch of characters you really start to like. They all have, like, little backstories you learn. And then towards the end, you start learning even more like a big twist that you're just not expecting and it's a really cool like really cool little short anime yeah there's a lot of ones you guys are bringing up that i have not even heard of <laughs> you're welcome that, yeah i haven't heard of that one either i recommend it it's very good um tons of twists that you're just not expecting and then it's it's again it's you know teenagers 
They're young, impressionable. You learn things about them, you know. Yeah, for me, kind of the sweet spot as far as a runtime for an anime. Like, if it's less than, if it's only one season, um, that, like, 12 to 24 episodes, uh, I really like shows that can tell a complete story with that See, amount of time. Yeah, that's the one thing I like with, like, Erased, this uh, Astro Lost in Space, is it's literally a 13-episode anime mm-hmm. that actually wraps up. Yeah. You don't expect, you're not like left hanging. It's not going to leave like a to possibly be continued if we decide to do season two. Right. You know? It's short and sweet. It, it's a short, it's great little story. It's like getting a nice little book in there, you know. You know, okay. I have a bone to pick with Soul Eater. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm Their ready ending for- was pretty dumb. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? Because I, you know, I watched that years ago. It's been a very long time. I mean, time. from what I remember, because like I rewatched it not too long ago, at least, I guess it's just been a year. But um, from what I remember of the ending, is the whole thing is they were trying to fight off that evil or whatever, the, um, like, whatever the bad souls would become. Because you had, your, your, but the basic idea was you had Death's School, yeah. which they were using a weapon, and a, a, they had a living weapon and a Meister. They were trying to make the weapon into a Death Scythe, a Death Weapon. And they had to do that by consuming. 99 souls and a witch. Evil human souls, basically, is what they're called. We'll just go with that. Evil human souls. And what they could turn into was basically a demon. And at the end of the show is Maka, your main character. She had parents that was a weapon and a meister. Her mother was a very talented person. Uh, with uh, who made her weapon into a death scythe, and he was a death scythe. He was very powerful. And a pervert. <laughs> very true. <laughs> he cheated on his wife, and that's why she left him. Great role models, but yes. go ahead. <laughs> um, the main point is, the ending is, Maka actually develops that she can use weapon abilities and meister abilities. And she was able to defeat... The evil demon soul that was being made. Kishin. I think that's what it was. It sounds about right. It's been a long time. They're like like Kishin souls. And basically they're like a uh, a Kishin soul. Like a Kishin being is just like this evil demon creature with a lot of power. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) You know, you won't like it because how many series is it? Is it like... It's at least... I don't know. Let's three see. seasons, I'm right? pretty sure it's like three <laughs> or four. Well, regardless, I the ending killed me, where they're just like, courage, and then end. That's it. <laughs> Black screen, roll the credits. Do you not remember that? Not really. I mean, I remember them fighting the Keishin. I don't remember any of that. I only remember the ending, because <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Maybe, did, <laughs> maybe it wasn't finished when you were watching it, and you need to continue watching maybe. it. Maybe. Because, like I said, they end it where they had to fight, like, the evil being. Like, they killed it. Whereas before, it was sealed. And they actually had to fight this, and they won. And, um, it ends, like, with them just going back to school. They continue, like, uh, they continued it. Like, it was, like, just another average day. Again, kids saving the world, basically. You might like it. It's pretty old, though. 
2008, 2009. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, another old one that's like my favorite is Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm not that, that one, again, like I was saying before, a little like before this we started, was the list that I see is like you have Dragon Ball Z is that high tier anime. I say Yu Yu Hakusho is right up, right below them, hmm. a tier, as like a set line of anime, and then you have your your top three, which is like the Bleach, One Piece, and Naruto. So Yu Yu Hakusho, I put on that tier as it's not as it's higher up or rated better than. I'm saying that it's like people put Dragon Ball Z at this level that it's above other animes because it came before. Well, it's, I, th- I think it's just more well-known. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the guy with the ears and the red... That's Inuyasha. That's Inuyasha. Ah. That's, again, a, like, kind of, I kind of count that in this tier of Yu Yu Hakusho. This is that lineup of, show, of like, anime that was made around that time. Yu Yu Hakusho was, like, before Bleach, where it's similar because it's... Bleach is all about, like, Soul Reapers. Yu Yu Hakusho, that is what your main character kind of becomes. He dies right at the first episode, the very two minutes in, the main character gets killed. He's just a boy, delinquent, he's got anger issues, and he's killed, turns into a ghost. And the Reaper comes to collect him and say, well, you actually weren't supposed to die. You, If you had not done that, that kid would have been fine and you would still be alive, so we're not ready for you yet. So we're going to ask you, do you want to go back to being alive? And his whole journey starts there. Because when he comes back, he is actually recruited by the afterlife to do jobs for him. To fight off demons. They ha- There's like the whole demon realm, the afterlife realm, and your mortal realm. And he gathers his friends and allies, demon and human. And they all have these like special and unique abilities. To fight off all the uh, stuff that comes their way. It's super old. It's very cheesy looking at it now. But I really enjoyed it. Because again, this show is like 190 some episodes. So much. (laughs) It goes by super quick. (laughs) (laughs) See, maybe when I was younger, I would enjoy something more like that. Because like Naruto, easy. Because, you know, I didn't really have a job. And school was, you know, (laughs) outdone. Yeah. I just watched way more. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh another one on your list? Hmm. I would have to say another good favorite of mine. I hate to say it, I know you're gonna hate it. Naruto. I <laughs> love Naruto. See, now I will agree. I was on the it's overhyped train, it's not that good. I finally gave it a try and I was able to watch all of it. However, again, too much filler that is uh, not like all of first naruto or like naruto the original is pointless except for the end fight scene where sasuke's running away because he's a little turd and okay you may be right but it's still fun to watch yeah. I, like I, as a fun little thing yes but i was so bored up but, until the end fight where naruto's starting to change but, and develop and i'm like okay that works something but that's cool. what makes that scene so critical is you see you see them get to know each other as a team yeah like the tuning war was good too the tuning fight that was great like i liked that back and forth there were very few spots that were great to watch but a lot of it is pointless i am st- after watching this though 
why is Sasuke such a role, like, uh, such a dreamboat to, like, fans? <laughs> let, this let boy me, is Let terrible. me tell you, he is the edgelord. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everyone is a sucker for the, oh, woe is me, my parents are dead character, okay? Like <laughs> Itachi is the woe character here, okay? That man was literally doing everything for his little brother. Did so much, killed killed his whole clan just for the Leaf Village, and then went to exile for this Leaf Village. You know, I'm more of a Jiraiya guy. He's amazing too. I love like, Jiraiya. You got Itachi, Jiraiya, even Naruto is still a better character because I even feel for him more than I feel for Sasuke. Well, I love Naruto. I think that's why I love that anime so much. Is because yeah. I love those. Headstrong, like I'm a get her done no matter what. But he still says. has like this soft side to him, where he like you see his like emotions, where he's alone at his house and he like does not have friends. People treated him so terribly for stupid reasons, might I add. <laughs> you were a baby and your parents died because of this evil spirit. So you know what? You're to blame for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Obama. <laughs> But it's so good. I love it. And especially since they all train together, except Sakura. If you're hearing this, Sakura, you are the worst. Sakura is, is me. the worst. I can't do anything. Again, like, her character could have literally been removed from the first uh, Naruto show. And everything would have been, been fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> she is absolutely the worst. She does, though, I have to agree, in Shippuden, she actually kicks I love her. <laughs> I mean, her first fight in Shippuden, like, with the Puppet Master, she's yeah. only doing it because the uh, the real Puppet Master that taught him everything is using her as a puppet. <laughs> she's like, all right, I'll fight for you. You just got to use your body and, you know. The one time she fights good, she's not doing it. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't, she didn't have a good fight scene until literally the final war. You know, I didn't like her story either. Yeah, it was so, her whole thing was pointless. Everyone had a super complex story. Like, Naruto is like, I was grown up in exile. Grown up in exile. And Sasuke is like, my brother literally killed my whole family. And Sakura is just like, I'm not strong. I can't fight as good as these two. It's like, shut up. Yeah, she was <laughs> that makes me so, so mad. Like, I mean, she even, like, she does realize how terrible she was at first. Yeah, she cried but, about it, and then she did it again. And again. Yeah. And again. And it wasn't, it, I, like, my, like, favorite Ah, that's better. <clears throat> Hello there, your unofficial narrator here. At this point in the discussion, Dylan's mind started to perilously wander. As Jeremiah and Brianna continued to ramble on about Naruto, he posed the inner thought, What should I have for lunch today? I'm so dreadfully bored of this Naruto talk that I've grown quite famished. Perhaps I shall eat Chinese food, yes, I do quite like Horn's chicken. Look at those two. So passionate about Naruto. I just don't understand it. Such a subpar anime with so much filler, it might as well be a Thanksgiving turkey. I would much rather spend my time watching Dragon Ball Z. At least then I would not feel so dreadfully bored. I can't help but feel that I would have much more fun if I was scooping my eyeballs out with a teaspoon. Ah well, 
I guess I should let them continue at it. Hey, put us back on! We were talking! <laughs> oh my. Fine, but I won't like it. Head. Um. I don't know. You can't the, see this. He uses shadow. But Dylan is totally. He's so rude. bored with this right now. <laughs> he's just eating his beard. I don't care about Naruto. He's, he's doing the talking with this hand. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy watches Dragon Ball Z, okay? <laughs> Where the whole show consists of everyone waiting for Goku <sighs> to show up and save the day. Let me power up for two episodes. <laughs> and then it all oh, goes to waste and I gotta do it again for another three episodes. <laughs> I'd still watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, I guess. Whatever. What's his Whatever. name? Um, Which one? The, the guy who uses uh, the shadow power, uh, the shadow jutsu. <gasps> oh, no. What's his name? Um, I'm up right now. Is he your favorite? Yeah, he was one of like he was a really great character with great character development. Dude, actually, like Shikamaru. Yeah, Shikamaru. I love his personality. I love it. His personality was great. Like he was literally just like that. He was as a kid, super relatable. This is such a drag. <laughs> I mean, who wasn't a kid in school? You know, just having to be told to do homework. You're know, like, this is such a drag. Right, and especially since they have to do such like physical work too. I would be the same way. <laughs> yeah, like he was such a good character, and then he develops. Like he is the one person who passed the tuning exam. He's then progressing and, like, becoming a leader, and he just keeps getting better. See, my two through. favorite characters would have to be uh, Rock Lee. Rock Lee's my number one. Rock Lee was great until the end. Again, in Shippuden, I feel like he needed to be... I feel like they kind of, like, had some goals for him, and then they just stop which is sad you know because like his character just looks so terrible in the end with his animation he better. <laughs> yeah he he's one of those characters that definitely yeah. deserved better him and um shino 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 i don't know how else to pronounce it the bug guy oh yeah so, he literally has bugs living in his body yeah i love that I'm going to give you guys 30 more seconds to talk about Naruto. <laughs> Long story short, Naruto's the best anime ever above Dragon Ball Z. And Not above I've, One Piece, but it's 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 there. You, I do recommend it. After being a One Piece first, I, I will still lay, say recommend you to watch Naruto. It's better. But do what I did and look up the list of what's skippable and just watch those, <laughs> and you'll enjoy it a hundred times more. Better. I would also argue that this this anime is way better in dub than it is sub. That I is do true. like dub. This one, I will do laundry and listen to the back because it's good. Anything else, I would no way no no. Yeah. And that concludes our Naruto <laughs> discussion. Never to be talked <laughs> about again. <laughs> we are for sure going to be talking about this at lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> So I have two more I want to talk about. So my personal number one, my favorite anime, is one called Your Lie in April. Um, so give you kind of the plot summary. Don't cry, Jeremiah. It's okay. It's too soon. If you look it up on IMDb, it'll tell you for the uh, plot summary. So a young piano prodigy who lost his ability to play after suffering a traumatic event uh, in his childhood is forced back into the spotlight by an eccentric girl with a secret of her own. And reading that, you don't really get much. It doesn't tell you much. It's very much a show focused on its characters. And it's 
kind of like you said, it's more of a slice of life anime. You're not gonna get you know, brutal action scenes. Yeah, it's. it's you, I feel like you get more of the comedy, and then it's more just like people being real people having yeah. them go through our, like a day. A day's problems. Which normally would not be my interest as far as storytelling in anime goes, but this show is probably the one that elicited the most of like an emotional response out of me. I don't know many people who actually like anime who have seen this and did not cry. It was very sad. But yeah, so you have your main character, Kosei, who, like the plot summary says, he's a young piano prodigy. You know, Pianist. His Pianist. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're called. <laughs> but it, yeah, so early on, you know, his mom very much drives him to be a successful piano player. It's revealed that his mom is dying. You know, she knows she's on her way out, so she's pushing him to find success from her. In a brutal way. Yeah, which, like, it kind of ties into Japanese culture because they're very much driven to success by their parents. And sometimes, you know, it can get a little extreme. And this show kind of highlights some of the parental abuse you can see in a situation like that. Where she is already an established piano player. She knows she's on her way out and she only wants the best for Kosei so that he can have a career once she's gone. But her idea of kind of pushing him into that is very abusive. Where you see it traumatizes him to the point of no longer wanting to play piano. And he's very much kind of displayed as being depressed as a result. He initially tries to play piano again. And I love how the show gives him scenes where it takes all the color away. And he can't... Takes the color away, takes his sound away. He Yeah. Like, his whole thing is, like, he lost the ability to hear the keys. He can't hear the music anymore that he makes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he just shuts down like he can't do it anymore yeah i loved the imagery where it essentially showed him like being deep underwater trying to play the piano like he can't hear the notes he's pressing he's in a place that's pretty dark for his character and it's until he meets the uh the main female of the show kaori uh kaori is introduced in the show as being this person who's very much like living life to the fullest she plays music for fun and it's essentially the opposite of Kosei, where he was driven by a success initially, and like performance and being competitive. She plays just to enjoy it. And she sees something in Kosei where it's, you know, it's ultimately her goal to play music with him, but to get him to love the music the way that she does, you know. And she very much guides his character out of his dark depression that was created by, you know, all the interactions with his mother. And... Even though the show never really directly sets up a relationship for them until, like, the very end, I love that it toyed with the idea of them falling for each other without really knowing it. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of romance, but it just... The ending is very sad. <laughs> um, yeah. To kind of get into spoilers a little bit, so Kaori, it's revealed later on, she she's known throughout the whole show that she has a terminal illness. So she's living her life to the best she can with the time she has. And she chooses to use that time to kind of, you know, help Kosei get out of this rut that he's in. And at the very end, you know, they get their performance together. And it's so beautiful. Like, the animation The music, it... <laughs> the animation, like, they did so much to put it together. Right. And you get this, like, metaphorical last performance with them where you see Kaori pass away... 
and you see like how devastating it is to Kosei because and and this is a shorter anime it's only it's somewhere between like 13 to 20 episodes but her loss like affects Kosei in such a way because in the short time that they interacted she became such a crucial part of his life and him like actually enjoying music again but he loses her in the end and it's very sad makes me cry every time <laughs> with an anime like this too like if there is another one you want like I could see you feeling the same way and like getting that from every episode mm. would be Violent Evergarden. Yeah, I've never seen that one. I recommend it for you. I think you'd like that one. I really think you would like it. Again, with the like the idea of the the art style, the music, um, it's just beautiful in your line April. Mm-hmm. With Violet Evergarden, I feel like it just does an outstanding job with artwork and story. Okay. And they have a couple movies with it as well. One of them is just kind of like an hour-long special episode, and then they do a movie with it. Hmm. But then they've got like the one full season, and it's all something that wraps up together. Right. And <clears throat> it was an incredible experience. It's hard to find good emotional animes, because I feel like a lot of them would come off as cheesy yeah. or cringy. Um, but once you find a good one that actually makes you cry, you're like, kind of, <laughs> it, it sticks with you for a while. <laughs> I mean, you've got another one, too, on your list for um, Angel Beats. Yeah, one of my honorable mentions. And Angel Beats is very much kind of along the same lines, but the story is w- wildly different. Like, yeah. They're like, already dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the idea of, like, moving on, letting go, mm-hmm. and coming again to full circle to that to that idea of, like, friendships lasting on, like, multiple lifetimes to uh, finding the person that you're meant to be with. Yeah. And being there at the wrong time and hope you find them again on the next try. Yeah, that one did not get, like, as much of a response out of me. Like, I didn't cry, but I did appreciate the storytelling on that one. I cried that ending. It was so sad. <laughs> um, I do think... Angel Beats should get a lot of credit for being a show that is both emotional but also very funny. Yeah, it had humor and action too, which right. was cool. Very much balanced all the, the faucets of its story, and I, I appreciate it for that because it was a good story, good action. You know, the story is a little out there. I don't have a topic summary pulled up, but. Basically, uh, kids that have died are being sent to this kind of. Like purgatory it's like a purgatory but it's in the form of like a japanese high school area it's literally just the school building you have dorm rooms uh the full like field and track baseball area and the reason all this is there is so it's for kids that did not get a good life or did not get to experience enough in life mm-hmm. and these kids are like when they died they were sent there and now they're afraid to participate in stuff because they will disappear. They're afraid that they're going to be reincarnated as a barnacle or (laughs) something they definitely don't want to live their next life as. They're afraid of this. And so they rebel in this world. Yeah, and they're very much sent there just to kind of find peace and move on, which they do do... They do. They do accomplish it by the end, but... It's a, if I remember, it's a bit of a shorter anime. It's one that's like within the 24 episodes, I think. It's short and sweet. But yeah, it, it does a really good job of wrapping up its story with its runtime, and 
it does make you care about all the characters. They do do that. They do do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing with while we're talking about those two, they're very much character driven. And one thing that I kind of want to talk about within anime is the concept of parasocial relationships. And if you look up the definition for that, it's the idea of forming a relationship, like a one-sided relationship with a fictional character. This is where you have examples like with Your Lie in April and Angel Beats, you as a viewer are becoming attached to the characters. Not, not in the sense of like a sexual relationship, but it's just you care about what happens to them, and as a result... If a character dies or something happens to them in a show, you know, it'll affect your emotional state as a viewer because you feel attached. And I think these are examples of the good side of parasocial relationships within anime, where we'll talk about the bad side once we uh, get to the dark side of anime. Yeah, we're going to talk about that soon. <laughs> but yeah, just something I wanted to bring up, because for all the shows I've seen, kind of the one where I think that comes into play the most for me is just Your Lie in April. Because I very much cared about those characters, you know. And even though it's a shorter anime, anime does such a good job of setting up its characters and its story to the point where you can care about it a lot more than you would with, like, a traditional cartoon or even some other larger, like, TV series. Um, let's see. Were there any on your list, Jeremiah, that we missed? or No, we got all on my list. Uh... Did we already <laughs> talk about Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer? I was saving Attack on Titan. Um, Demon Slayer's on my honorable mentions, but I'm sure that one's, like, on your list, right? It is on my list. Okay. But we can talk about that later. Everyone's literally seen it. It's on my list. It's good. Go watch. <laughs> Demon Slayer is good. I, I hope they do more with it. It so. is super pretty. Yeah. I think it's the main reason why it's, like, you know how a lot of women play Destiny? I think it's the colors. It's just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. I didn't like the movie. I feel like everyone just cried for, like, a third of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The audience included. Yeah. No, no, not me. <laughs> I didn't care. I was more referring to this person that was sitting in front of us that was literally crying yeah. throughout the entire movie almost. Yeah, it didn't. Like, I do like the first season a lot, but the movie for me... Season two was fun. I like that. I didn't watch it yet. I do want to watch it. Hurry up. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a good one. I do like it. Um, Attack on Titan, though. This is another one that's kind of roped in with animes like Death Note and uh, One Piece, kind of these very well-known ones. Attack on Titan, released in 2013, has become one of the most successful animes. Uh, to give you kind of a plot summary, so after his hometown is destroyed and his mother is killed, young Aaron Yeager vows to cleanse the earth of the giant humanoid titans that have brought humanity to the brink of extinction. But yeah, it, it deals with this kind of like post-apocalyptic-ish... Post I don't even think I said it right that time. Post-apocalyptic. A post-apocalyptic? Post-apocalyptic. Something like There's that. There's an extra T in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's humanity has basically been forced behind these big stone walls and these self-contained cities because on the outside... There are these beasts you call titans, which are large humanoid monsters that basically just graze around and feed on humans as they can. I like to call, claim that they prance around. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them do do that. <laughs> yeah. But... <sighs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> 
it, it for me, I like the show because it plays with the idea of kind of hopelessness and like hum, humanity's fight for survival despite the odds being stacked against them. You see very early on, within like the first four episodes of the show, that Titans breach the wall where Aaron lives, and you know a Titan kills his mother, which gives him this driving force for revenge to want to wipe out all the Titans because they took his family away from him, and. Mm-hmm. It's a very action-packed anime that just is another one with a dark story and, you know, these dark themes as far as, you know, humanity trying to guarantee their survival. And it's one that I quite like. Um, I know you like this one as well. I do love this show. I think it is so... <laughs> you guys haven't seen the newest season, have you? No. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the next, like, to the finish out, and then I plan to rewatch all of it again. That is so crazy to me. I am so impatient. I'd much rather watch <laughs> it and then rewatch it to watch the next one. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm more impatient with it. It's just, like, being released one episode at a time. I could never That's watch That's fair. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just like, no, I need to watch all of it together. I want to yeah. binge it so I can watch it all. But it's super good. I, I, you know, I'm a big sucker for characters that are super hard-headed and determined and, mm-hmm. you know, like I said with Naruto, very headstrong. My problem, with, <laughs> my problem with this, which we might delve into that dub versus sub, is mm-hmm. this was the one where it's like, okay, I'm not liking it dub. <laughs> and I will admit, dub is not better for this anime. I think dub ruins a lot of good shows. I think people have a, what's the word? A dislike for animes just solely for that reason because I can it understand that. Like, yeah, like people like they have like a high pitched voice or they, they sound, sound like whiny babies. Yeah, they sound whiny, which I mean they still sound pretty whiny when they're in Japanese too. <laughs> it depends just, on the character. I think. It depends on the character. What? Um, not all. Like I've even heard uh, like other other takes that like people from Japan have made fun of like the Japanese. Uh, Anime like animes where it's like no this is not we don't go ooh. and you know they probably listed the English like art uh, English version and think that it sounds normal yeah but in reality to us it's like they sound horrible no one talks like that yeah we we can actually just keep going on the sub versus dub because I think we talked about all the shows we wanted to talk about but yeah kind of as you guys have started to mention. There's an ongoing debate within anime. The main thing that is a barrier for a lot of viewers is subtitles. People don't really want to essentially have to read while they watch a show. You know, it forces you to pay twice as much attention. And for some people where shows are more like background noise or they're trying to multitask, anime might not be as friendly of a viewing experience if you're trying to get it in its intended language. I'm on Brianna's side on this. I think sub is superior Um, I just really like the Japanese language, and watching the shows in the language they're intended for, for me, has more payoff. But tell us why you favor dubs. And then we'll tell you why you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, I will admit there are pros to watching subbed. For me, I did not get into watching subbed until, like, a while after watching most things dubbed. Mm-hmm. I had, like, a few tries where I tried it. Like I said, my first time ever being introduced to an anime was Attack on Titan, and it was subbed. I did not like reading at the time. I did not, like, care to do the subtitles. It was my very first time watching an anime. I wasn't as into it. The first time I'd ever really watched anything with subtitles was Pan's Labyrinth, because that one's in Spanish. Mm. And we had to watch that with subtitles. Yeah. 
And so, um, I watched that, but then, growing up, it wasn't until, like, I had started watching, I was watching Fairy Tale that that one, I was like, maybe I'll try watching the sub to, like, continue, because I wanted to catch up. I tried it, I got through, like, half the episode, and I was like, I don't like doing this. <laughs> I can't do other things, and that's the thing. It's like, I like doing other stuff. I'll look at my phone. I like to multitask. I like it in the background, and we'll play another game or something. And it wasn't until I got, I was caught up in One Piece watching that, and it came to a scene where it's like, no, I need to see the next episode right now. <laughs> and I watched it sobbed, and I just kept going. Like, I was like, no, I want to keep going with this. And I pulled me in. I was watching it sobbed. I got caught up, even in the sub then. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I wasn't having to do too much. I had, like, my work, which I would go to work, come home, and I'd relax and watch it. I could put in that time. But again, it's one of those things where... I still like to do my own thing or multitask a little bit. So I don't do it too often. Um, depending on the show, like Attack on Titan, maybe I'd give it another try when I rewatch it to where it's all <laughs> finished. I'll rewatch it subbed and maybe it'll be even better. Yeah, I just. It the, will be better. It will be better. <laughs> There's a lot of dubs that to me just don't sound good. <laughs> um. A good example would be My Hero Academia. I watched the whole thing in subbed, and I tried doing it in a dub, because I knew there was a new season coming out, and I wanted to do dishes, laundry, all that fun stuff, so I watched it in dub. Just background noise, like you said earlier. It is so bad. <laughs> it <laughs> I is mean, rough. like, I watched it first dubbed, and, like, I love Chris Sabat. I really like his voice acting and a lot of stuff. He, Chris Sabat is, he's the guy who voices All Might. And I know him in a ton of animes, and I always think he does a great job. I mean, Deku is a whiny kid at first, so it's understandable why we hate his character. He's my main complaint. Is yeah, like, I hated watching it at first. I did not like it because I personally hate whiny characters. Mm -hmm. But he does develop, and he does, like, uh, gain some character development throughout the show, and he's trying to be stronger, you know? Going through puberty type thing. Kind of. And um, with his character, yeah, at first it's annoying, but he gets better with his, like, dub character, in my opinion. There are a few animes I will watch dub, though. Right. You know, like you said, Death Note. That yeah. one is amazing. In that dub. one is really well done. Um, Fruits Basket is I... I think I like it, it comes down to personal more. preference, too. Because, like, the first language you hear it in, you know, you'll be more accustomed. Yeah. So trying to switch it at that point will sound just off to you until you get used to it. Um, for me, like, I agree, Death Note I prefer in English, Dragon Ball Z I prefer in English, because Goku in Japanese sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Makes milk taste terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there was one more I like watching in English, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I did watch um, Black Butler in, in English. That mm -hmm. was the first one, because... You know, subtitled, how weird is that? Like, I'm not going to watch it if it's going to be a whole different language, but then I got into it. And to watch some animes that only had subtitles. Mm -hmm. And fell in love. I love it. <laughs> I think it's so great. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. I agree with that you. That is true. That's another kind of win for sub side, is that there's more animes that are done, that are, like, super well done, too, mm -hmm. that are more in the subtitle form, rather than being dubbed into an English. And... There's a few that are coming out to us. And then, of course, subbed comes out first before dubbed. 
So then you're having to wait if like like um the newest anime is Chainsaw Man. That's oh. only subbed right now. But because I'm super into the idea of this show and it looks fun, I already started watching it and subbed. So I'm definitely one of those people that I can go back and forth if I yeah. want to. Yeah. If anybody's like, no, you have to watch it this way, I'm going to be like, I'm going to watch it however I see fit. You know, I, I, was, do it. I was the same with, with Naruto. Like, the first season was in, um, whatever they had on Netflix, mm-hmm. it was dubbed. But after that, I could only find it in subtitled. And I watched it in subtitled, and it was actually pretty good. So now I rewatched the whole thing watching it in subtitle, and I loved it. My good, my good friend Dylan here also is the biggest fan of foreign films, so he makes me watch a lot of subtitle stuff now. Yeah, baby. And <laughs> another good example of a show that's just better subtitled was Squid Games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, a good I, one. I really like the uh, Korean language. Like, yeah. It does sound kind of funny sometimes, but like one of my favorite movies of all time is Parasite. And... I just, I love listening to the language that they speak in the movie. And I do have a pretty broad collection of foreign, like, movies I have a lot of affinity for. But, like, Your Lie in April, when I watched that in Japanese, I, out of curiosity, tried watching the first couple episodes in English. And it just, like, pulls so much away from me. I don't know why. It's just, like, when I listen to that language, it adds weight to the story for me. I don't know. See, that's the (laughs) difference for me is I still watch that one dubbed. And it was still incredibly emotional for me. Yeah, but you know, most of the time, it, it it's originally in Japanese, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have to work with what they got. So they'll try to dumb it down, or um, they'll even leave parts out when they do dub. Just yeah, to fit that. Yeah, it's that translation. Well, they do, a lot of times, they'll actually change the moving and everything. Yeah. Like, they, they'll adjust. That's why, that's why dubs take longer, is because once the sub's out... It's based, it's mostly done. Now they just have to clear the mouth and redo it. Yeah, but most of the time they didn't because, you know, like, they did per frame. That'd be too much work, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of dubs that are good, but if you look, like, how we mentioned anime initially being ported over to the United States, like, when we got to the phase where fans were creating dubs for shows, there were some really bad dubs. Like, Speed Racer is pretty infamous yeah. for having a very bad yeah. English version. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, but I see, pref- then there's the genius ones, like Ghost Stories, that's made dubbed by almost an unbridged level, but that's actually the script. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's hilarious. What's the one with the vampires? Is it like Hellraiser? Uh, Al- Alucard's. It's um, Helsing. Helsing. That's <coughs> Helsing. It. That one's funny. I Helsing love unbridged is hilarious. <laughs> Just the unbridged in general is hilarious. Like, that's a no- whole other topic on anime where it's fan idea thrown together and they put the put it the, put their own uh, script right. over the show. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah, so, two to one. Obviously, dub is worse according to the statistics of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! You got it! <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> Everybody can choose what they want. I, I agree. Some pe- I If you're listening to this, you know who you are. If you can't read fast enough, that's fine, whatever. But God, <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, just read. Just Come read. No. <laughs> so kind of the last big topic I want to talk about with anime. The um, dark side of the anime. The, yeah. So anime 
is something that's becoming more and more widely accepted with a lot of people. It's now kind of like how you used to look at like nerd culture. You know, it was something to be more ashamed of back in the day, loving comic books and stuff. But now it's more generally accepted. And you can say the same with anime at this point. But there's still a pretty big divide between people who like anime and people who view it as kind of being, you know, in many cases, this like over-sexualized kind of perverted thing, which... The some, fan service yeah. <laughs> is what they like to call it. You have... You your, tone it down. <laughs> yeah, like when you look at anime fandom, you have people like us, you know, fairly reasonable. We have a few shows we really like. And then you get to the more extreme side of anime fandom where the term weeaboo comes from. Like, you know, early on in the show, I called Jeremiah a weeb. More just jokingly, but we don't know if he has a body pillow. I don't have a body pillow. <laughs> we cannot neither confirm nor I deny. Have, I have one poster of One Piece, and it's the full group of characters, okay? <laughs> but yeah, the term weeaboo, I think I actually pulled up the definition for it here. But it's uh, often shortened to weeb, is especially used in anime and manga communities to stereotype fans who show a set of extreme and obnoxious characteristics. These are the people that are more extremely into anime who will adopt what we call a waifu. Like they'll have their favorite woman from an anime that they consider to be their digital wife, if you will. We have a friend that is we can definitely classify as weeboo, <laughs> and that is Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna put that in there? You're so terrible. <laughs> sorry, Trevor. Jeremiah said it, not oh, me. Poor guy. <laughs> But yeah, these are the people that'll have like the body pillow with their anime lady with the big badukas. Um, not <laughs> and they are on a whole other level of uh, inaccurate body types or what is it? Uh, unachievable body types. Yeah, and see, you can't really blame the fans for this because when you look at anime, like for every one good anime with a good story, there's gonna be ten other animes that are just like a bunch of. Anime girls prancing around in bikinis with not a lot of plot, but, you know, people watch it for... Not the, the plot, plot line. <laughs> <laughs> for not the plot. We'll just say that. <laughs> well, a lot of times it's sad because, you know, at that point, it becomes an obsession. Yeah. You know? I've, I've seen some gnarly stuff. Well, they'll have shrines. They'll celebrate their birthdays. And these guys, they're, they're animated. They're not, they're not even... Don't really worry, well. though. Anime makes fun of them, too. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's just, there is a lot of anime that comes out that is very perverted, and, you know, Japan is very culturally different from us, so it's there's an obvious barrier there, but there's a lot of shows that just are kind of gross that way. Not ones, like like I mentioned with Shuffle, that's probably the only one in this category that I've actually seen. And I had an innocent mind, and I didn't think <laughs> of it that way, okay? You just watched it for the boobs. No, I didn't, because it doesn't show them that much. There's like one scene. And I closed my eyes. I was a child. I looked you away. You closed your eyes? <laughs> but yeah, so while I appreciate anime for the storytelling and a lot of what it delivers plot-wise, there's a lot of people that like anime for that other side of it you know <laughs> well, a lot of We're times it's sad because it's like you know a lot of it is just they're lonely you know i get it yeah and this is where the kind of bad side the bad side of parasocial relationships come in because 
you know, shows like Your Lion April and Angel Beats, I feel like, give you healthy parasocial relationships where you just care about the characters because they're set up in the story. But the, the bad side of parasocial relationships is where you feel so attached to a character to the point where it can become kind of like a fantasy for you or it can become sexualized to that particular viewer. And that's where people will go out and buy lewd posters and body pillows and all that weird stuff. And these are the people that get overly attached to a fictional character in a way that's a little sus. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anything else with... uh, Oh, I guess like we mentioned, filler, another part of what people tend to like less with anime. The shows that run very long don't use all of its time effectively. We already kind of talked about that, but... Is there anything else you guys look at from anime that maybe you're not a fan of, or? Like I said, like whiny character, or I, th- I, it's kind of not bad per se, but people could consider it is depictions of like other races when they brought in. Yeah. What, it's kind of funny for me because I make fun of it, but other people might take offense is whenever they do an American character. Yeah. They have a country accent. They're they are like cowboy and the all. The AR fifteen strapped on their back. Yeah, no, it, they it's it's you know sometimes I think it's funny and I just laugh with them rather than be offended by it. But that's me. Yeah, it's funny that you bring it up because like the very first episode of Dragon Ball Z kind of shows this, where you have the Saiyans who crash down on this farmer's land. And he's like the gun tooting cowboy hat guy, and he's like, "Get off my land, or I'ma shoot you." So there's definitely a lot of stereotyping, but it's not just Japan. I mean, even America's early cartoons are guilty of this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stereotyping that maybe won't look too good, you know, whether you're someone in Japan who feels that America's not portraying a Japanese character very well or vice versa for us. Definitely something that has caused controversy. Um, I don't know if you remember... Like Pokemon, the whole Jinx controversy, where people attributed it kind of to like blackface. Oh, yeah, yeah so, and that resulted in a Pokemon getting kind of a redesign just because it was like racial tension with that character, even though it's a children's show. So these things do have, you know, consequences. Yeah. I never really thought of anything about that one. You know what? I named it Nicki Minaj on Pokemon Go. I remember other people doing that, too. Like I saw that so many people did that, and I thought it was hilarious. You know, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen it with the black face before. I've only ever seen it with the purple. full purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, with all that being said, that kind of wraps up everything we want to talk about when it comes to anime. I feel like we had a pretty good discussion, aside from the Naruto part. Okay. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Anime being what it is, at this point, it's still not widely accepted and popular, but it is something that's growing more to be a big thing, even in the United States. I think it's like a $19 billion industry at this point across, like, worldwide Japan and America. But it is something we enjoy as fans, Um, so we wanted to take some time to talk about it. But most importantly, we want to take some time to thank you for listening, if you made it this far. Whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review or let us know what you think. If you have any ideas for episodes you maybe want to see going forward, you can follow us on Instagram as well as Twitter if you check the description on this podcast. But we will leave it at that for today. So go watch some anime, reminisce on the the weebs and the waifus. 
But with that, we hope you guys have a great day, and we will hopefully see you in the next episode. Goodbye. And watch Naruto. No, maybe. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>